Welcome, everybody, to another edition of IGN Unfiltered, our monthly interview series where I have the distinct privilege of sitting down with the best, brightest, most interesting minds in the games industry. And today, Sissy Jones, so kind to, uh, to join me. Thank you so much for being here, number one. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, you are an accomplished voice actor, uh, over 50 games on your resume so far. Um, and Those I are think, just the ones you know about. Yeah, and we're, uh, <laughs> you know, just the most recent one now, Darksiders 3, you're playing Fury. Yes. The lead character uh, in, in that series, which everybody's been wanting to come back for a while, and here it's, it's finally coming at no the pressure. end of November. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, voice acting has always been so fascinating to me, so thank you for being here, and I'm going to ask you a million questions about that, about what that life is like. I'm game. So I want to start with just that long, impressive resume, do any of those 50-plus credits sort of stand out to you as, as particularly memorable? Well, I mean, um, Firewatch will always hold a we'll get to very that. special place Yes, in we'll get heart. to that. Um, but, I, you know, the, the place where it all began, really, was The Walking Dead. Um, my first job as a voice actor was Katya, and, uh, and from that job, I got to work with Sean Vanneman and Jake Rodkin and the incredible team at Telltale, and I met uh, Melissa Hutchison, who's Clementine, and Owen Thomas, who's Omid, and Gavin Hammond, who's Kenny, and, you know, all these people who are still very, very dear friends to this day. I just spoke with them yesterday about I'm coming up to IGN. Um, that game ch- changed everything for me. Um, I had just switched careers, and having that happen was kind of the uh, the green light of, like, okay, you made the right call. Yeah. Good job, kid. You yeah. Know? Um, yeah. So how does that happen? Do they? Uh, is it an audition thing? Does does uh, somebody at, at Telltale see you in some or hear you in something else? Like, well, I'm, I'm curious how that moment. Well, comes not at to that be. point because I hadn't been in anything else. <laughs> um, that was an audition that came through my agent. So all the women on that roster auditioned for all the female roles. Oh, so I auditioned for Clementine. I auditioned for Lily and Carly and on and on. But there was something about Katya that spoke to me. Um, there was a there was a, a dignified quietude to her, for lack of a better word. Um, But she reminded me very much of someone that I hold near and dear to my heart. And so I was able to kind of channel that person um, into her emotional state. But then also I had to figure out a Belgian accent. So (laughs) I have a friend who is Belgian, and I followed him around with a tape recorder for a little bit too long. (laughs) Um, And I did some research online and, you know, um, found an accent for someone who'd been living in the States for 20 years and had a touch of an accent, but not too much of an accent, right. and luckily it worked. So it, th- that's obviously then in, it's in the script, and it's like, okay, Katya is, Katya is, is Belgian, yeah. so is, does that become, because I was going to ask you, I'm glad you brought up accents, is it, is it like, is it terrifying when you're like, oh, there's an accent, <laughs> this, this character's an accent, or is it, is it like, is it just fun? You just roll up your sleeves and like, yes, this is super fun. I love it. I think it's, it's super fun. It adds an extra layer to a character, because it's not just an accent, it's, it's about the way of life growing up in Belgium. What's that like? She's this age. So she's seen some stuff, you know, post-war and blah, blah, blah. Right. So that all kind of goes into it, too. Um, where it gets really nerve-wracking is when I've got British people judging my British accent in a British <laughs> performance. Um, so let's hope that doesn't go off the rails. But uh, otherwise, no, it's a ton of fun. <laughs> so you kind of hint- hinted at this already, but um, what, like, what was your childhood dream career you know you you found this uh you know as an adult voice acting so where does the the sissy jones story begin and where do where do the the dreams of sissy jones start 
I remember I was about six years old and I was watching Scooby Doo. And I, I realized one day that all of the characters had these little black lines around their body shapes. And I was like, oh, they're not real. There's a person back there. But I didn't know what it was called. I didn't know it was called voiceover. Yeah. I, for the longest time, wanted to be a voice on The Simpsons or a family guy. I just thought, God, that looks like so much fun. And I remember having a conversation with my now husband about how my dream job would be to be a voice on The Simpsons. And, uh, and about two weeks after we had that conversation, I heard Nancy Cartwright, who is Bart Simpson, on the radio talking about the Simpsons movie and talking about voiceover and how it was such a great career and yakety yak. And she pointed me in the direction of a school, voiceover school, that I started going to and, and it changed everything. I, I had had a completely different career up until that point. Wow. So... Because I've heard there's a, there's a couple here. There's one there's like Voice One and a couple in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, what what is what do you learn in in voice acting school? <laughs> well, you learn how to voice act. I mean, is, um, is, it like, is it more of a confidence thing or a technique or I guess all of it? Right? Yeah. So I came at it with no acting background at all. So for me, it was really learning acting, um, but also there's a lot of subtleties in voiceover that aren't necessary for an on camera career or or a theatrical career. Um, you know. You, you don't have the luxury of facial expressions or body language. You have to convey that with your voice, yeah. right? So it's, it's learning, you know, how do you convey an eyebrow raise? <laughs> um, little things like that. But then also learning the differences between the genres of animation versus video game versus commercial versus promo versus narration versus trailer and on and on. Wow. Yeah. And so it's, they're all very specific muscles that you have to learn to train. So uh, d- is... is- are you? Do you feel best behind the mic? Would you? Would you want to be in front of the camera at, at some point? Like, what's? Uh... I love voiceover. I love it. I eat, sleep, breathe it. I love that I can be this wonderful middle-aged woman from Belgium one day, or I can be a, an anthropomorphic nail file the next day. That's not <laughs> hyperbole. I actually am an anthropomorphic nail file in a in a show on Amazon. Um, I love it. I I can't get enough of it. I so. No, I don't want to do it on camera. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that does uh, that does sort of lead me up to I'm I'm again fascinated by you know you, the, this, the, this process of so do you warm up do you warm up your voice before you Sometimes. go into the booth if I if I know it's going to be particularly stressful yes uh, if I know I've got to do accent work I'll, I'll be talking in my accent the whole way to the session. Right. Uh, you know, for Katya, we recorded a 10-minute walk from my house, so I would, I would walk to the, uh, the recording studio um, with just like, oh, there's the bus stop, and I wonder what time the bus is coming. You know, like kind of go through the accent in my head so that it was in there yeah. by the time I got in the booth. Because um, the worst thing you can do is lose it in the middle of a session or get it confused with another one. Southern. Southern is the worst. I always get Southern confused in there sometimes if I have to switch between the two, so... It's making sure they're compartmentalized and separate. <laughs> I love that. Um, Occupational hazards of a so actor. Are you super paranoid about like getting sick? About like your voice? As yes. it, you know, you see, you're drinking water now and not like some sugary whiskey drink. later. Yeah, I don't know. Um. Like, what's? Are, <laughs> yeah. is, it, is it? Are you just super protective of that instrument? Yeah. Then? Yeah. I do my vitamin C every day. When I travel, I, I do the airborne. Constantly washing hands, um, you know, I, I 
got sick a couple years ago for like six weeks. I couldn't work for six wow. weeks. I'm a contractor, man. Like I, any day I don't work is a day I don't get paid. Yeah. Um, I went into labor uh, during a recording session because you just don't want to like <laughs> not be there. Um, yeah, I'm super paranoid about it always. And it's sometimes you get sick and sometimes you you, you miss it. So have you have you ever had to lose out on a on a gig because of it? I have, and it's heartbreaking. That's oh man, that yeah, I can't even. I I have a friend here in San Francisco who was um, going to be like the voice of Lysol, which like in voiceover, the money is in nationwide union television commercials, right? They are unicorns. More and more, they're going to celebrities, but she. This wonderful workaday voice actress got Lysol, and it was going to be the thing. And she got laryngitis the night before oh. and lost oh. it. Wow! And yeah, it is terrifying. But that also goes into you know vocally stressful sessions. A lot of times with video games, if they have you screaming for hours on end, you know, I did one for uh, for a game that I I actually got have gotten to a point where I don't audition them if I know they're going to be super screamers. So they brought me in um, without an audition. And it was four hours of screaming at at nine o'clock in the morning. And um, by the time I left, my throat was bleeding, couldn't talk, and I had to cancel my commercial session for that afternoon, which is my bread and butter. Uh, So yeah, it's uh, there's a lot of self care that has to happen in this little segment. Man, is there? (laughs) What's your ideal time to work then? Because it's clearly not nine in the morning. I don't mind it now. uh, (laughs) You know. Extenuating circumstances have me up earlier. Um, but, uh, you know, I like working all hours of the day. And I, and I do. You know, I, I do a lot of work in trailers, um, which is very last-minute turnaround, especially for, you know, sound-alikes and things like that. And yeah. so I've worked at 1130 at night, and I've worked at, you know, 7 in the morning, and I've worked on camping trips, and I have my little recording rig that I take with me everywhere. And is nighttime better? Because like, like that's when rock concerts happen, right? That's when <laughs> that's when rock stars are out there singing. Is it nine o'clock at night? Yeah, it's just you know, as long as I, as long as if I know I have a session at nine, I'm up at six, so I can yeah. get everything warmed up and not sound like a dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, without necessarily naming any names, can, I'm curious about some of the the different ways in which game developers handle voice acting and voice actors. Could, do you have any sort of uh, just stories or examples of, of how one game developer might totally handle you and the, and the part differently than another? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of across the board from we're not going to tell you anything, to literally not even knowing the name of the game, to, uh, you know, to where Campo Santo was, was really happy to have me be involved with it and talking to press and you know, doing all of that. Um, it's it's totally different across the board. I've literally done sessions where uh, I don't know what it is I'm going in for. Wow. I do the thing, and I don't know that I'm in the thing until the thing is out. And people <laughs> on Twitter are like, hey, are you in? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, nah, man. And then they send me a clip. <laughs> Sounds like you. And I'm like, yeah, wow, that, that's me. Um, sometimes I'll get a script ahead of time. It's rare. Um, a lot of times I'm starting to see now where um, there's a little more collaborative effort between the devs and the actors of like, you know, working on Darksiders 3 has been such a joy because they've been um, super open to my feedback. You know, yeah. they had like a, it's silly, but they had a, you know, she said, I don't want to blah, 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 or, or I don't think, yeah, blah, blah, blah. and I was like, this is not a woman who 
who uses contractions. It sounds silly, but she wants everybody to know, to listen to every single word she says. She does not contract words. Right. And, uh, and they've been super cool about just little things like that. Um, you know, and, and giving me a full breakdown of what's happening and actually knowing the, the name of the game. <laughs> so that's good. I, I, I cannot fathom the idea of not even knowing. Like, how does that benefit them? Because you can't prepare. Well, I think, you know, I, I see both sides of it truly because um, there are some actors, not a lot, but enough to spoil it for the rest of us who just want those Twitter followers and they'll post things online and they'll leak scripts. Um, they, I heard a story the other day of a guy <laughs> in a session doing a Facebook Live recording, putting it on Facebook as it was happening. And I'm like, you're never going to work again. What are you thinking? Yeah, that's, that seems like a bad idea. A little Just, short-sighted. Yeah. So, you know, there have unfortunately been a few people that have leaked scripts. And, and uh, you know, that hurts, that hurts the dev. I get that. Man, I would just think you just don't hire those people anymore and ever again, and then bring in and give <laughs> give the pre briefing to the people you do trust. But yeah, what do I know? I yeah, guess. I don't. Know. I mean, we sign NDAs, but that I don't know. I don't know. Huh? Um, what does a what does a typical workday look like for you? Because you know, I think there was. Uh, I'm thinking of this forever ago, and I'm probably miss representing it somehow that i remember seeing some video on youtube an, an eternity ago of that uh don lafontaine the like classic movie voiceover guy yeah i would like you know kind of get up they'd pick him up in a limo take him to the gig and he'd do the trailer <laughs> and then that was like so that's like this glorified fancy version Listen, of it but well, he's I'm, like the brad pitt of you know, voiceovers <laughs> right um maybe brad pitt's a little dated at this time anyway um no i do not have a limo that drives me from job to job um I mean, it's, it's wake up, see what auditions are sitting in my inbox, um, crank them out if I need to, or get to a session if I need to. I mean, honestly, some days I'll have 10 sessions, some weeks I'll have 10 sessions, yeah. some weeks I'll have two. Hmm. It's, so it's, it's figuring out how to manage the time that's not booked and not drive yourself crazy. And uh, so I know you mentioned your recording thing that you bring with you. Do, do you have a studio at home? Yes, yeah. absolutely. So I have that was a, home a big studio. investment, a, a, a worthwhile investment, no yes. doubt, in your line of work. Yeah, I do about eighty percent of my auditions from home, um, and probably twenty percent of my jobs from home. Okay. Um, I love to go to a studio if I can, because then uh, all the technical problems are someone else's right. job. Um, yeah, so I have a home studio. Uh, I also rent an office space with a couple of other people that has ISDN, which is kind of phasing out, but still some clients really, really want it. Uh, and I have a, a portable setup that I take everywhere. Nice. Yeah. Um, it, is, it, uh, is it easier? Do you find that it's easier to, to, to get away from home just to, like, then you're completely removed from, yeah. from like, the... Any other distractions, anything mm-hmm. that might be, even you might even be thinking about at home, like from that oh. pile that's been sitting there, <laughs> right, like the laundry pile or really whatever, do right? Something about that. Yeah, <laughs> it is nice to get away, which is why I try to do jobs away from home. I try to go into my agents to audition when I can. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, what was I going to ask? Oh, so one of the things I think this fits into something you, you were talking about earlier. It's just looking over your resume. You're credited as voicing. The local population in Grand Theft Auto V. What does that even mean? I think I have an idea, but I'm, I figure well, I'd best tell me, ask you. Tell me your idea. Well, I, my suspicion is that that means 
you're just one of the pedestrians. That that's they they call everybody that voices a pedestrian part of the local population. But yes. I'm curious what that actually means. More specifically, I'm a prostitute. You can light on fire, throw out a window, and steal my car. Oh, all right. So yeah, <laughs> go GTA Five. <laughs> And and did you know that uh, that was the role? Is that one of those games where you... Because that's one where I figure the secrecy is so intense they don't yeah. even tell you it's Grand No, it was it was under a fake name. It, it That was one of the ones where it came out and I didn't even know I was in it. Someone on Twitter was like, I just saw your prostitute in GTA V. And I was like, what? Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you just... You get in there and it's... It's a you just have that's prostitute related <laughs> dialogue pretty much, and you you just have you just go you just you just knock out the dialogue and you, hope for the best, I guess. Best or how can. does that work? Death by fire, death by thrown out a window, getting pissed at someone for stealing your car. Yeah. Do, do you apply a? Do you do you bring an accent to that? Do you do like what? <laughs> how, how do you like? I guess for I mean I don't want to like make light of that role specifically, but how in a situation like that where they don't tell you what the game is and it's just here's the, here are the lines of dialogue, do they tell you exactly how they want it or do you have freedom to sort of try to make something out of it or it depends? You know, I, if I remember correctly, that one they were like, listen, this is in X Y Z city, no accent. This this is the person that you are. Like it's basically a fly by night thing. So. Yeah. You know, you don't spend a ton of time on the character creation of, of said prostitute. But uh, <laughs> but sometimes, you know, in uh, Shadow of War, um, it was a very specific British accent that they had me do. So, uh, you know, you make sure you got the accent down and you knock it out <laughs> and hope it doesn't suck. <laughs> so is, is, it, is it fans that will alert you to yes. these things? As yes. Not, not, not even your manager? <laughs> we don't know because it's all under... Well, I think now they have to tell the agents what the... the proper title is okay um but yeah back then nobody knew wow as far as you know you're going in for firestorm and right you know it's it's a completely different game what are you even allowed to say what what was the do you remember what the grand theft auto 5 like fake code name thing was it's probably like bookshelf you know or something (laughs) crazy you get the weirdest like the craziest the fake names in there it's like camera light okay you have no idea yeah that's that's I love that about your job. Like it's just this. It's if you explain your job without context to someone to someone in some other industry, like it could sort of sound like spy work. Totally. Right. Totally. <laughs> or it's like I'm just like this like marionette, just waiting for someone to pick up the strings and make me dance. You know. Um, let's see here. What did I want to ask you? Uh, you talked a little bit about this, but when you do have a script to work with, sort of what's your what's your process? Do you do you find do you try to memorize the script or need to memorize the no, script or unless it's uh, performance capture? No, I don't um, because it will often change on the fly. Or you know by by the time I get to the session, the script has changed from what they've sent me. Okay, so I, you can't be too tied to the way that it's written before you're actually recording it. Um, but what I'll do is you know try to understand who this person is what's the situation that they're in who are they talking to what is this a battlefield are we screaming at each other are we fighting or is this like a more intimate one-on-one you know um casual or or romantic or you know trying to understand the beats and yeah. what's happening like, because a lot of times we don't have the context of 
where we are, what's what's going on in this scene, and that makes all the difference. You know, that's um, one of the things I love so much about Firewatch was getting to record with my scene partner. I don't know, Ask sure that. We'll yeah, we'll get that. to that. No, uh, but yeah. that that uh, that brings me perfectly to this. Is so? Do you do you ask for storyboards or or be like gameplay B roll or concept art to sort of try no. and see and no. Sometimes we'll get concept art. You know, I I think I had this picture of Katya on the audition. Yeah. Um, but that's a luxury. I mean, we don't we don't really get much to go yeah. on. So you, I mean, you really. In your line of work, you have to. I mean, it, it is almost the ultimate creativity. You have no yeah. no visuals, very little even words. It's all just, in the noodle man. It's all yeah. It's all between <laughs> between your ears, which I think yeah. is awesome. Like it's what? Fun. Not a lot of jobs, I imagine. I mean, yeah, jobs run the gamut from, you know, you're going to do this one specific task all day every day. To like you're at the other end of the spectrum. Like it's yeah. it's almost entirely like the words may be written for you, but that's that's like it. You know what though? I love it. I love the ability to to have creativity with it because that's you know that's the great thing about actors is that everybody will bring a different spin on what's happening. And if my spin is the one that happens to book the job, let's have some fun. You know, um, I want to make sure that the people that are on the other side of the glass are are seeing their characters come to life. You know, because it's so, it's solitary for all of us to write a script and have it in black and white on a piece of paper and yeah. then to audition it by myself and blah, blah, blah. But to be together and to have that, like, just that spark of creativity between all of us flying around the room where, you know, we're all creating and it's all coming to life. God, it's so much fun. It's the greatest. <laughs> are, there, um, are there roles that you didn't get that you heard them later by whoever got them, and you're like, I could have done that so much better. Maybe, but we're not going to talk about those, Ryan. <laughs> That's fair. I'm just like, just as a professional pride, I've got to figure that happens from time to time. It does, but I mean, the thing is, like, auditioning is such a vacuum, right? So I, let's say I'm in my home studio, I'm at home, I got my door closed and my headphones on, and I just see the script on my computer, and I've got to figure out a way, a way to make it come to life. So do 2,000 other people, Yeah. right? If the director, the casting director, is eating a bad sandwich when they listen to my audition, I might not get the role, right? It's the same, it's the on-camera equivalent of, like, wearing the wrong shirt, right? Yeah. I don't know what's happening to them when they're listening to my audition, so all I can hope is that some of the spaghetti that I'm throwing on the wall starts to stick. <laughs> and if it doesn't stick that time, you know, it'll stick for somebody else and good for them for getting that yeah. role, because there's enough to go around. And i got to figure, there's to, to be... I guess nicer about it. There's probably other times too where you might have auditioned for something and then you you hear the final person that's not you and you go like, oh man, they were amazing. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> that happens too. That happens too, definitely. And the, the great thing about the voiceover community is that it's really an incredible group of people. So oftentimes, if it's not me that books it, it's a friend of mine, and you know we'll go out and celebrate together. Yeah. You know, it's it's just the greatest group of people. I'm so lucky to work with these people. Is it? Is it mostly a L.A. community, or is, is, it, is it sort of spread out? Or I had an incredible community. I have an incredible community here in San Francisco. Um, we've got a great community in L.A. I just got back from London, where there's another amazing group of people. Um, I, I think it's just something inherent in, in voice actors. We're all just awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you touched on this a little bit, like with the, um, the, the people just tweeting you and, and sending you 
things you didn't even know that you were in, but are are there like uncredited or super low key roles that you've done where if you're gonna you tell me right now and a bunch of people will be like, Oh yeah. Well, I think Shadow of War didn't make it up on my IMDB. I just haven't done anything about that yet. Um just like background chatter. Um what else would be interesting? I don't even know. I, I think honestly people would be more surprised to hear the commercials that I've done and be like, Holy shit, that's Delilah. <laughs> <laughs> well what's I, you know, you talked about those being like the, the bread and butter. Like what are some yeah. of those campaigns we may we've that we have heard you in and may not have realized it? <laughs> so in LA and in, in various parts of the country, I do a grocery store every week. In LA it's Ralph's. Yeah. Um, I do Kroger in the Midwest. I do Fry's in Arizona. Yep. Um, every now and then I'll do Fred Meyer in the Pacific Northwest. Um, I've been doing those for six years every week. It's awesome. And it's like, stop by Ralph's this week for broccoli, only two ninety nine a bunch or whatever. Um, there's a Marriott commercial running right now that's like, it's super like, what if mankind was really kind? You know, it's like <laughs> totally like intimate. Um, I don't know. It's just all those, all those crazy things. I also do a ton of celebrity sound-alikes for trailers. So um, I do all of Charlize Theron's sound-alike work when she's oh, not wow. available. Mm-hmm. Um, who else do I do? Uh, Emma Thompson and, and Penelope Cruz and uh, Rebel Wilson. And, you know, anytime they have, a, a, they have to change a line in a movie to make it fit the trailer and they don't want to pay the celebrity fees to have them come in and record the line, they'll call me. Wow. So wait, you're, so you, you're, you end up in the trailer or the film? Sometimes the film, but most often just the trailer. Interesting. I never yeah. even realized that. Yeah, that's yeah. so cool. It's good business. If what a great, yeah. What a, yeah. what a, what a. That's just like you, you can make a YouTube playlist of all kinds of awesome yes, Sissy can. Jones stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fun. That's it's great. Really fun. Um, all right. When I say the name, we're gonna we're going here now. Uh, when I say the name Sean Vanaman, what uh, does that bring to mind for you? That man changed my life. That man changed my life from The Walking Dead to Firewatch. He's just um, he writes his characters so completely. They're they're just they're so complete when you get them that there's it's not like a I don't know what the hell this is. It's oh that's who this person is and. His ability to really zero in on what makes people tick and the different things that make different people tick. Um, he's a genius. I mean, I, I, I'm so grateful to have worked with him. And I know that sounds so cliche, but, but man, that guy, that guy changed my life. He did. Well, I think a lot of people might not even necessarily realize. I mean, Firewatch put Sean and, and Jake and, and the Campo team on the map collectively, but I think that a lot of people maybe don't realize that Sean wrote season and directed one. season one of The Walking Dead. Like that was that was sort of his jumping yeah. off point, and there's you as as Katya there. Yeah, and I that was one of five characters I played in the in the first season. Um, so I got to work with him a couple of times, and I had moved to LA uh, in the middle of recording, so I flew up for the rap party in. Um, uh, Fairfax or San Rafael or something and I, I kind of like zeroed in on, in the crowd and I found him and I walked up and I said are you Sean Vanaman and he goes yeah and I said I'm Katya and he was like Katya holy shit <laughs> just gave me you know the greatest hug and it was like he, you know I just I, there's no words to, to tell you how much that guy that guy has meant to me and my, my family and my career and like 
Yeah. <laughs> so you, that's, you, so then you, you hadn't met him no. during recording. It's all been over phone patch. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, but he, so he, well, he was, so he was with, he was in on the sessions, but just not physically, you weren't physically in the same yeah. place. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, are, are some, uh, some game, it, I guess, yeah. What, what members of the development team do you, do you tend to work with? I mean, you know, I know there's usually a, an audio lead of some kind, but Sometimes. does it tend to be the, the narrative designer, director, or, or does it, it vary? Or? different with every single person. Um, sometimes, uh, sometimes it's just the, the lead. Sometimes they have a, a dialogue director. Sometimes there's a writer in the room. Sometimes there's marketing people in the room. Sometimes there's the whole team in the room. Sometimes there's nobody in the room. It's, it varies so greatly. <laughs> That's yeah. interesting. Um, so Firewatch is certainly where where I became aware of you. Uh, <laughs> respectfully, I didn't didn't really, I didn't. Fine. You Get were part it. of the ensemble. <laughs> you weren't uh, were, uh, in in Walking Dead. Yeah. And I suspect I, I'm not alone in that. I mean that that is a game that really elevated your profile. I think it's it's fair to say. And and it really it really was. And I said this in my reviewed Firewatch for IGN. I think it's one of the the best voiceover performances ever in any game. Thank you. Uh, and Richard, Richard Summer as well. The, oh, the two of you yeah. were, were just incredible. And, and part of it was absolutely the script. I mean, you, you mentioned Sean, and I, I agree. I think there is, Sean brought a, and, and brought a sort of depth of emotion to, to those characters that I think we just don't get enough of in video games, quite frankly. It's getting a lot better because of people like Sean, but... Um, you know, it's it, it's it's interesting to me that uh, that that just it's almost like you're such a perfect fit for that role, and I don't know who that's a more of a testament to you or him or or I guess both of you just equally. But did I what I I guess I'm trying to say is you made Delilah feel very very real. I think is is what I can bet how I can best say it. So you you did say that you did get to see the script for that game. I didn't. I mean. I saw the script the night before we we would record, but basically what happened was Sean called me um, shortly after I met him at that rap party. Yeah. And he was like, hey, I've left Telltale. I've started a new game. I'm writing a new game. I've started a new company. I'm writing a new game with a female protagonist. Are you in? And I was like, hell yeah. (laughs) And, uh, And he was like, great. And then two years went by and I was like, Shit! Did I lose the job? What's happening? Ah, am I being recast? And uh, and they were just working on getting the company up and running and writing the script and everything else. And then he he sent me a little audition uh, because he wanted the rest of the team to to be on board with me. Um, and it, her name was Alice at first. It wasn't Delilah. It was Alice. And uh, and he had me read a sample script. And uh, we got the buy-in from everybody else and waited another year, I think, before they found their Henry and and. And then um, we were off to the races, you know, and, and it was it was kind of, you know, we would do two or three sessions and then there would be like a four or five month lull and then we'd do another couple sessions and then it'd be another couple months. So it was about two years of recording. Wow. Yeah, just because I think they had to figure out where they needed the story to go because we recorded a completely separate ending where Delilah like cuts him off two thirds of the way through and, and tells him he's crazy and, to, huh. you know, bugger off, never talk to me again. Um, and they came back and they're like, it doesn't work. Like we, we, Delilah has to be in it till the end. Um, and I was like, yay. And then, uh, you know, so we re-recorded all of that, but I think it was, it was like, they would come to us with the script and say, here's what we're recording. 
um, let's get the conversation going. And then we'd all jump on and, and, you know, I would record from my home studio, Rich from his home studio, and then we'd Skype in with Sean and record it like an actual conversation. So that helped tremendously to see what was working, what felt real, what, what jokes were landing or not landing. Um, and Rich is such a brilliant actor. I mean, he brings, he just brings like a, I don't know if quirkiness is the right word, but like, you know, there'd be a line like, yeah, yeah. You know, and everyone, everyone would go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Rich was like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, just these random little things that, that stand out and make it pop and would make Sean and I just die laughing. Um, so to have that kind of feedback in the moment is invaluable. And it's so rare in games. I think the only other, the only other game I've recorded ensemble was um, Batman Arkham Knight. I got to record with Maurice LaMarche. Nora Freeze. Yeah, I tried not to be my pants. Because um, it was Maurice the freaking Marsh, um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a rarity in games to get to record with your scene partner. But you, so you just mentioned though that this was this was uh, remote. You were not yeah. physically in the same room, yeah. which is sort of thematically appropriate. I it guess. Was. Yeah, and Rich and I had <laughs> never met. We live like a mile apart from each other in Los Angeles. Oh wow! We'd never met. I'd never watched Mad Men. Sorry. Um, so I didn't really know anything about him. Um, other than the team was super psyched about him. So, and we, the, the other cool thing is that we recorded chronologically. So that first scene where it's super awkward between yeah. Henry and Delilah was literally Rich and I getting to know each other. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, it was, it was really fun. Did that, so you clearly, it seems like that you feel like that that elevated your performance, being Absolutely. able to, to play off of him and Absolutely. vice versa. Absolutely, yeah. He's such an incredible actor. I mean, he's got all the theater background training, and, and you know, he still does a ton of stage and everything else. He's just a remarkable actor. And so having the ability to, <laughs> me with, like, nothing in my, you know, in my background other than a business degree, um, to get to play in that same sandbox was just mind-blowing. When, uh, so if the script was in pieces for Firewatch along the way, when did you first get the sense that it was going to be something special. I mean, you're obviously, you know, you're already excited. Sean asks you, sight uns- with, with no project, yeah. are you in? And you say yes, but when, when did you first get the sense that, oh, wow, this is going to be something good? Honestly, I was terrified. The night before it came out, I don't think I ate anything. I, was, I felt like I was going to throw up all over the place because um, I'd never been a lead. I'd never, and that's a lot of, pressure because if it sucks it's on you but if it's great it's on you right um i was terrified i I knew the ending was going to be polarizing um i won't spoil it but i knew that uh, yeah whatever you haven't (laughs) played it by now Um, it was just on steam summer sale it's it's a five-hour game it was on sale for like five bucks you should have bought it come on um i knew the ending was going to be polarizing but i i didn't know how well it was going to be received I knew with Sean and Jake at the helm and Jane and Ollie and the, the team that they had with the hype that there was leading up to it with how beautiful it was and the team that they had built around them. And I knew it was going to be good. I didn't know it was going to be what it was. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm so grateful because that team poured their heart into that game. Were you tracking, were you sort of keeping an eye on the trajectory of the game in the sense, because like we, uh, from our side, like we had a pretty good idea that it was going to be something special. Just, I guess, well, partially it's, 
I've been doing this long enough where I kind of have a spidey sense about it. It's not <laughs> always you. right, but it, uh, more often than not, it's right. And just from from the talent involved and then seeing that art direction, that art style from Ali Moss, yeah. I, we kind of had a feeling, hey, this is going to be pretty good. And then we had like we had some exclusive gameplay chunk of it that did like over a million views, and we were all like, what? Yeah. And that was sort of when we were kind of thinking that this was... Were, were you tracking any of that? Were you like seeing sort of the... The interest, no. or is that not in your on your radar? No, because I'll drive myself crazy with that. Because you know, you always see with like a movie coming out of like, oh, it's gonna get so and so an Oscar nom and <laughs> and get ready, and then it just tanks. And, right. and as an actor, I can't put all my eggs in that basket. Like I've still got to go out and hustle and get the other jobs and get that going. But I knew with Sean and Jake and Jane and Ollie and and Ben and that team, I knew it was in good hands. I just didn't know how big it was going to get. Did you read reviews? Um, I did a little bit. Um, you looking for your name? Uh, well, I would. Because it's super <laughs> weird. Like I, you know, I've, I'd only ever been a, a, a side character, right? Um, so it was weird to start having this stuff. You know, Entertainment Weekly did a did a thing on it. They they mentioned Rich's name, but not mine, which was cool because it's still our game. You know, in their must list, which yeah. is great. But voice actors aren't. We're not used to getting the love. Like you don't you don't go into voice acting to, to be famous, right? Um, so it was weird to start seeing my name popping up or people sending me articles or or you know. Um, getting marriage proposals on Twitter and things like, and some other letters that were a little unsavory. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, a, it, it's still a trip. I mean, I literally just got a, a tweet yesterday that was like, you broke my heart in Firewatch. Sorry. <laughs> Thanks for playing. Bye. Did, you know. um, so did, did you play the game? Like when it came out, are you a gamer or do you, do you just watch it on YouTube or like, cause if you hadn't, if you just, built it in pieces you hadn't seen the full product yeah i take it i'm a terrible gamer so i learned how to play on the old school nes flat yeah absolutely of course but i learned to play like this so that i could run super fast and then jump and my feet would still be kicking through the air because i thought it was hilarious you gotta do it a little mario running through the air um so when the new paddles came out and they were all thumbs i i was like i can't i don't and i backed off and now I don't have the time <laughs> to pour into gameplay, yeah. um, but I do watch playthroughs um, when I can and, and try to keep up on you know what's happening. Uh, so, let's see, yeah, you kind of covered how many it, the alternate ending thing fascinates me. Were there <laughs> did I guess but uh, sort of riffing off of that did did Delilah herself go through different iterations or was was her sort of um, you know. I don't know if dark humor, but just very, very like straight to the point, wry sense of humor. Was that always there, or did did she sort of change as a? That character? was always there. That was, and I, I, I might be misquoting Sean, and I, I hope I'm not, but I, I seem to remember him saying that he kind of wrote that as a riff on me because I'm pretty wry uh, with my friends and and kind of a dork. Um, I don't. I'm not quite as skilled in the punnery as Delilah is, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so so that was that was an easy shoe to put on. Um, so when uh, when you won the BAFTA for Firewatch, I still can't believe that actually. <laughs> <laughs> what like? Can you can you take me back to that moment emotionally? Because uh, who were you up against? Oh my god! 
I was up against Nolan North, Nolan freaking North for Uncharted 4, who had been winning all the things, rightfully so, because he's Nolan freaking North. And uh, Troy Baker and Emily Rose and um, Alex Hernandez from Mafia 3, brilliant performance in Mafia 3. And um, Naveed Nagabin from 1979 Revolution, who's a tremendous actor. Uh, I was not expecting it. I'm still kind of half expecting them to come to my house and be like, sorry, (laughs) we meant to give that to someone else. Um, I think I screamed holy shit at the top of my lungs when they called my name. Um, Yeah, I was not expecting that at all. Because I watched your acceptance speech, and it's... (laughs) It was you. you uh, clearly, an emotional moment for you, yeah. justifiably so. And I mean, of course, yeah. of course, it is. Uh, I mean, I, did I, you have a speech prepared, or, or did you just have to wing it? If you kind of winged it, like I knew who I wanted to say thank you to in the event that anything actually happened. Um, no, I was so caught off guard. I was so caught off guard. I. I <laughs> It's still so crazy. I mean, it was... I had been voice acting at that point for six years. Um, and it was just this, like, incredible moment of, okay, you made the right choice. You know, I left a very well-paying corporate career um, and threw it all away to chase this crazy dream of mine. And, uh, whoa, yeah, that was a... That was as good a validation as any. <laughs> how did uh, so? How did members of your family, uh, like husband, <laughs> parents, react? Like from from that moment of the career change up to the BAFTA victory, well, the BAFTA think, win. What when what is my, what does that look like? When in I your, told my parents life? I'd been nominated, they were like, "What do you need a bathtub for?" <laughs> um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, you know, there was my husband was always super supportive. My husband, uh, you know, really saw that I was missing a spark in my corporate life. And even though you know my corporate life had brought me a lot of things, including him, uh, but he saw just the way that I lit up when I started taking classes, and and I just kind of poured everything into it. And and he was really encouraging and supportive, and and pushed me to really follow it. Um, my parents, you know, my, my brother, everyone I'm sure thought I was completely off my rockers mad, but, um, but they've been so supportive and so great. You know, it's, it's one thing to say, like, I'm going to be an actor and I'm going to show up with my big starry eyes and everyone's going to go, you're super cute, kid, let's put you in a show. Um, but I really put in the work. I really put in the work before I got to L.A. I had an agent before I moved to L.A., which is not easy to do. Um, and, and I have an agent who, who believes in me, um, who saw kind of my untapped potential, um, back then, Dean Panero, I'm talking about you. Um, I love that guy. And, uh, you know, having that kind of cheerleadership from my family and my agent and my friends, uh, it is the secret to pursuing your dreams though. Cause it's something like everybody wants to do that, Yeah, but it's not. It's never, except in the point oh oh one percent of cases, it's it's never an overnight thing. You have to no. you have to put in the work. Like, how long do you? How long are you taking classes? How how much of how much grind is going into the moment before you can get here to Katya? A lot. Um, I 
took as many classes as I could sink my teeth into for two straight years. I mean, four, five, six classes a week. Wow. Driving from Cupertino to Sausalito and back down again. Um, I learned how to engineer so that I could sit in on classes that I wasn't paying for. Wow. Because I wanted to be around the, the instructors and, and just like learn from the room. Because you can learn so much from watching other people do a script that you think you know what to do with. Um, I... God, I I spent a lot of money and a lot of time making sure I had my shit together before we took the plunge and moved to L.A. And it was terrifying. And even yeah. once I moved to L.A., you know, I booked, I think Walking Dead was my second audition. It was my first job, right? So I had a pretty solid career happening in the Bay Area. And then we moved to L.A., and I didn't book a thing for a year. A year, man. And... uh I was freaking out. I, I, I was having panic attacks, and, and my husband was still commuting back, back up here. And, you know, God, what have I done? I've moved our family, and I'm failing. And, uh. and um, my agent called me one day, and he was like, oh, my God, you're so desperate to book. I smell it in your slate, which is, you know, you say your name before you launch into the audition. Sissy yeah. Jones, da-da-da. And he was like, you've got to knock it off, because if I smell it, they smell it, and no one hires desperation. Hmm. And he was 130% right. And I... How do you let that go? Yeah, you, you find coaches and other classes and, and find ways to start building up your confidence elsewhere. And, and you just have to figure out a way to bring it into the booth. And then once I shook myself out of that, uh, I booked Ralph's. And Did you... Was there like a moment where, or an audition where you, you felt like you'd cleared that hurdle? or, or? Never. No. It's never. I mean, it's like, I'm pretty confident now because, you know, you should be. people know who I am for the most part or like, you know, I'm, I'm confident in my reads. I know what I, I know what my brand is. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, there's always dry spells. There's always peaks and valleys and it's learning how to survive in the valleys that get you through the peaks. Well, that's, that's exactly what I wanted to cover next actually is, you know, you hear in the, in, in the, uh, on-camera acting world, you sort of hear about, like, oh, the Oscar bump, where somebody gets an Oscar nom, or I guess maybe it's just an, an, an Oscar actual win, and then they start getting, like, way more offers, and does that, after BAFTA, does, does thing, do things change at all, or does it continue to be business as usual? Not that business is bad, of course, yeah. but, but is there any noticeable increase in, in things coming your way? Or? No. I mean, there's more name recognition. So if I'm auditioning for a role against 2,000 other people and that, my name comes up, yeah, it's like, right oh, to the top of okay, the, yeah. we know her. Let's put her in the, in the maybe bin. Right. Um, but, you know, part of what I really focus on doing is just making sure people know who I am, right? So when I worked in the Silicon Valley, I had this incredible boss who um, we'd do a brown bag lunch once a week and he would teach me about business. And... One of the most important things he taught me was who you know will get you to the table and what you know will get you through the door. So go out, make friends, be cool, don't be an asshole. Like, it's surprising how relevant that is. It's true. And, uh, and so, you know, I spend a lot of my time making new friends and meeting people and, and having dinners and, you know, having a good time because I love this business and I want to work as much as I can. And most of the other people in this business are super, super rad. Right. So what a great group of people to make friends in. And then it helps that, you know, okay, I'm, uh, 
people know me from that thing and and my name comes up in this other casting and great let's let's give it a shot do you get do you get notes on that on that note do you get like little notes or, or things text text messages from the the nolan norths or other other nominees other actors after after you get a win like that no i mean i met nolan and troy at at baftas and they were amazing um but yes, my friends, I mean, Melissa Hutchison, who's been nominated twice, is one of my dearest friends. And she was, you know, oh, my God. Blah, 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 blah. My, my phone blew up. <laughs> I was in such a state of shock. I couldn't handle anything. Um, but I met Ashley Johnson the other day and she was like, hey, congratulations. And I was like, says the two time winner. <laughs> congratulations <laughs> to you. You know, um, yeah, it's, it's such a cool group of people. It's such a cool group of people. So, uh, Darksiders 3, which, uh, you know, you're not here for your health. We've got to do a little promotion. <laughs> we got Darksiders 3 yes. out uh, at the end of November of this year. Highly anticipated game. It's, uh, you know, just, it's one of those IPs from the 360 PS3 era that people really love it and they've missed it and now it's coming back and it's like the original team kind of reformed yeah. under, under a new, like the new old THQ and the whole thing. But, yeah. uh, so... How how do you land Dark? Tell me, tell me, yeah. How how does Darksiders three come into your life? Darksiders three was actually a really roundabout job. So I have my agent who gets me my normal round of auditions, who I love, and then I have a manager who mostly focuses on promo trailer stuff. Okay, um, Debbie Cope, and she sent me an audition for this video game trailer, and it was four words: "Hello, brother, with pleasure," and that was it. And uh, and they were like, this is just this badass woman. Like she's a fighter. She's um, she's literally one of the seven deadly sins personified. Like she's just a kick-ass, take no prisoners, just ballsy chick. Give it everything you got. And I was like, yeah, okay, I can do this. And uh, and so I turned in my audition, and sure enough, they booked me for the trailer. So they had this reveal trailer that came out about a year ago now where Fury's walking past her brother, um, War, I think. And uh, she's talking to the Chard Council, and, and she walks past her brother in chains, and she says, hello, brother, just dripping with venom. And then um, the Chard Council asks her to do something, like go kill the blah, 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 and she's like, with pleasure. And she's got this whip and these iron boots, and it was so boss. And that was it. The trailer came out, had like four million views or something insane, uh, and I, I called my manager and I said, do you know who's making this game? Because I sure would love to be considered for the lead. Like, I just did the voice for it. Yeah. Thing. <laughs> and uh, so we figured out who it was. And then I started calling my friends in the, in the industry and be like, do you know anybody at, at Gunfire Games? Like, I'd love, to, I'd love to be considered. And I talked with a friend of mine at WB and she said, oh, shit, they're making that game? And I said, yeah. And she said, well, let's see if we can get it at WB. So she reached out to her friend and ended up getting the contract to record it at WB. <laughs> and then I had to re-audition because they decided they wanted her to have a British accent. And so I did my British accent and I booked it. And, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been awesome. So it was totally roundabout. It's not, you know, normally you'll get the you, sides you, for You character. hustled for that one a little bit. Yeah, I did. I you, did. I mean, I, it just goes to show, like, when you, when you want, when you have a goal, the goal doesn't uh, come to you. No. you got to go get it, right? That's, there is, that is the no, moral of the story. There is no sitting around waiting for the phone to ring. There is no sitting around waiting for the phone to ring. Because if I'm not out hustling, somebody else is. Right. Yeah. So, uh, 
What was your goal with Fury as you have gotten to know the character here over the course of, I don't know, are you done? Or you got, you got to go back for a little more? Before? I think we have a little bit more. Okay. Maybe. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. Um, but we know the game's out in November, yeah. so it's what happens between now and then, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> what I wanted to do with her was take this, this badass and, and make her a little more human in certain ways. Yeah. Um, you know, she has an arc and she goes through stuff that I'm not going to talk about. Um, but finding ways to, to keep her edge, but still bring a level of, um, change to her. All right. We're going to leave it at that. I like that. Teasing an arc. Fury's Mm -hmm. arc. Uh, so this is like no segue, horrible gear shift here, but I've just got a few more minutes with you, a few more questions. Okay. So I'm curious, the, the SAG after a voice actor's strike was a few years ago. Um, I mean, I've never been in a position like that in the sense of that you, you, you want to work, but you, you kind of have to do, you have to play along with what's good for the best of your profession and your future yeah. earnings potential within that, within sort of that sphere. So, how, how was that period for you? It was awful. It was awful. I love my fellow actors, and I also love the devs that I've worked with. We're not on opposite sides here. Like, I think the more you look at it, we all want the same things. Yeah. Um, I, I, it was really, really hard because the narrative from, you know, driven from the top down was us v. them, and it was never us v. them. It was, let's find a way to, to make this something that works for all of us. Um, it was really, really shitty. Are, are you, are you personally sort of satisfied with, with the way it, it ended? Like, are you, do you feel like you're, this is a fair enough compromise? Or? I think in terms of compromise, yeah, it's, it's where we needed to get to at that point. You know, I think, I think there's a long way to go on both sides. I think, you know, um, I think there are a lot of conversations that still need to happen. Yeah. So I know it's, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, part of the, the resolution was that there's now, I think you get, uh, voice actors will get um, a, little, a little slice at certain sales milestones, I think. There, there is like Something a, like that, so it's yeah. not just, you know, your one day of work and that's it and the game could sell 50 the, you could it could GTA five and sell a hundred million copies and you you get you the get same scale. Mm-hmm. yeah so that there, there was yeah. that was addressed in some way right yes that's got to feel good it does feel nice because you know uh, because I did get paid my my day day player rate for GTA five and that's it um, yeah. and you know, it's not like I have a major impact on the sale of of that game as my prostitute um, but you know to know that uh, that we get a little more skin in the game. Yes. Yeah. What's who's not to love about that? You know. I mean, especially in where Darksiders Three, we're looking at this right? could sell a number, million, many millions of copies. Hell yeah! But also, you know, they put a limit on vocally stressful sessions, which is huge. Yes. Yeah. You talked about that earlier. Yeah. I mean, that's I can't imagine screaming yourself no. to to <laughs> to the point of hemorrhaging. And that's the thing is is. I remember there was a lot of narrative around when the strike was happening about like, oh, poor voice actors. And I'm, okay, I get it. It sounds very lofty. Like, oh, but I have to scream for four hours. I get it. But it's really freaking hard. If you've not done it, you don't know how to do it. And you don't know that it will wreck your voice. I mean, I have friends who have literally blown out a vocal cord and cannot ever do voiceover ever again. Wow. Ever. 
Um, so that happened, and then also they, they, I believe, have to let our agents know what properties we're working on. If it's a recurring role, yeah. if it's a sequel, um, <laughs> what the project is, you know. So a little more transparency, which Good. is nice. All right, a couple more questions for you before I, I let you get out of here. Um, what's, what's the biggest misconception that people have about your job? That it's just talking. Anybody can talk. It's not. Um, I get so many people saying, gosh, you know, I think I just want to do voiceover for some extra cash. <laughs> and uh, it's not that easy. You have to know how to act with your voice uh, and to make it believable and interesting. And also, uh, you have to have a presence. You can't just walk in one day and decide, I'm going to be a voice actor and start working in all the things. It doesn't right. happen. Unless you're you know, a, vo- a celebrity. Um, but that, I would say that's the biggest thing. <laughs> it's... I- I can't, that's, yeah. That's like anyone going, I can write, I could be a games yeah, journalist. Yeah, fine, I can, yeah. I can do this, you can do my yeah. job. I play games, it's fine. I know, Psh, please, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, all right, your website has this about you. I want to end, end on this note. It says, besides winning a BAFTA for her performance in the 2017 indie, actually 2016 indie video game Firewatch, Sissy has also cemented her role as a new animation actress to watch for her part as the lead in a yet-to-be-announced new Disney animated franchise. Yeah. So uh, that sounds huge. Uh-huh. Care to tell me any more? Wish I could. <laughs> <laughs> Super NDA on that, but yeah, I'm really excited about it. I mean, that, that sounds like a thing that would, be, would have been really, really good news when you got that phone call or <laughs> email God. or however it, however it came in. Yeah, yeah. It's uh that was because that's what I got into voiceover for was the animation stuff in Disney. Yeah. You know, to work with Disney, um, it's it's going to be really really good, and I'm super excited about it. I, is the goal? I've, that's fair. <laughs> I, I've signed. I have, to, I have to do that NDA thing all the time in this yeah. line of work as well. Is uh, so the question now? Final. I guess the real final question is: Is the goal? Are you still looking to check off that Beyond the Simpsons? I mean, listen, I would not turn it down. I would love to. I mean, the show, it, it's never going to end. So there's, uh, there are un- seasons and seasons of storylines yet to be right. written. I think Nancy Cartwright needs to reach out Come on, Nance. through uh, representation or however it, it works. I actually emailed her after I made the switch to voiceover, and I was like, you don't know me, but you changed my life. Um, awesome. I heard your interview, and thank you. And she's like, great, cool, good luck. So, yeah. Throw back? Yeah, yeah, she was That's super great. cool. That's great. Yeah. I love that. Cool. Yeah. All right. So, Sissy Jones, Fury in Darksiders 3 out this fall. Uh, Firewatch, if you, it's out on pretty much every major platform now. It's coming on the Switch. Switch. It's coming to the Switch. The Switch, yes. Yeah. Uh, if you have not played Firewatch, do yourself a favor, fix that immediately, <laughs> and uh, we'll look for you on, in, I don't know if it's big screen, small screen, but Disney something small coming screen. up, that's going to be awesome, yeah. uh, and a future episode of The Simpsons as well. <laughs> you, I, I've, I've heard it, You've, you spend, you go get, you, you have your list of goals, and th- you are a, you're a a uh, motivated you you go get it i will I I'm, tell, I, i'll be back i'm very confident <laughs> i'm very confident that if you come back here in a year you'll have been on the simpsons maybe i don't know how their schedule works your lips to god's ears all right i'll take it <laughs> i think it's gonna happen uh, sissy jones thank you so much thank for coming you, by and telling me all about your fascinating career uh and your tremendous accomplishments it is you are one of the best uh i, I love hearing you uh you you made firewatch one 
one of my favorite games of 2016. Thank you. Just a, a phenomenal performance and a great game. Uh, thanks for coming by, for coming up here, and, and giving, like, giving me an hour of your life. Thank you so I appreciate much, it. truly. Thank you. Uh, Sissy Jones, Darksiders 3, coming up this fall. For more uh, on the best, brightest, most interesting minds in the games industry, I do these interviews every month. This is IGN Unfiltered. Please look it up on YouTube, IGN, uh, iTunes, your favorite podcast service. And I'll see you back next month with another awesome person <laughs> like Sissy Jones. <laughs>